0: name amen preacher if you have your Bibles this morning I want you to turn to Colossians chapter number two Colossians chapter number two in just a moment I want to begin reading in verse number one in this particular portion of scripture what, what I would like to do this morning is simply lay a foundation for what I believe God would have done in the next few days in this particular meeting we understand this when we are studying the scripture the Word of God we are searching for what is considered the context of this particular portion of Scripture. We realize that in the Bible, everything is there for a reason. Everything is there for a purpose. That's why it is very vital in the life of the Christian to be a student of the Word of God. As a matter of fact, if I'm saved, if I'm a Christian, I should read my Bible every day, but not only just in a devotion time, but I should be an adequate student of the Word of God in the pages of the Scripture. So, as we are students of the Word of God, we are always searching for what is considered the context of the scripture, simply the intended meaning and the intended purpose. Now, if I am to do that in the book of Colossians, I must understand that every verse, every line, every chapter in this small book in the word of God, it is written for one reason and for one purpose. That is simply for the preeminence of the believer, the child of God, understanding how important it is for Christ to be preeminent in your life in every day, every moment, every hour. As a matter of fact, as the Apostle Paul was writing, he was writing under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, but he was reminding the Church of Colossae that this is not a part-time Christianity. This is not just a moment of time. This is not just one day of the week, but if I am saved, if I'm a child of God, Christ must be preeminent in the life of the child of God. So as we study in this, this morning, let Keep in our minds every verse that we read, every word that we will study. It is for the emphasis of the preeminence of God in the life of the child of God. Now, watch Colossians chapter number two and verse number one. Paul said, For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted literally being courage, being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, everything that the apostle Paul has said. It is the foundation for what he is about to write to the children of God. So watch verse number four. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Can I say this just introduction? That is the persuasive deception of the children of God. Paul said in the first paragraph in chapter number 2 that all wisdom, knowledge, it is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, everything you need in this life, it is not a matter of searching in the world. It is not a matter of going somewhere else to obtain that knowledge but if I am saved it can all be found in the Lord Jesus Christ but there are men there are religious leaders there are those that have crept in unaware and they want to beguile you uh, with enticing words to beguile literally means this they want to persuade you and enticing words are simply words of deception do you understand this morning that if you're saved That does not mean that there will not be spiritual attacks upon your life. But there are those outside of these walls, possibly inside of these walls. And they will use enticing words. One said it this way. That simply means words that make sense. Words that sound practical. Do we understand this? Do we realize spirituality? It makes no sense to the human being. It is not practical to those that are living in the this world. So what they have done, they will come into your marriage. They will come into your life, your family, your home, inside of your churches. And they will say words that in our knowledge, in our mind, it makes sense. It is very practical. But what we do not understand, they are deceiving you with those words that are practical. So they're just introduction. There's the persuasive deception. But watch verse number five. There's the path and the diligence. Notice what Paul said. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, Join and beholding your order, that is the good order, and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Their path and their diligence. Paul said, I am not with you in the physical sense. I am not with you in body, but I understand your testimony. You have stayed faithful." To the good order in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have kept your testimony. It is a good thing to live for Jesus in the house of God, but it's also a good thing to live for Jesus outside of the house of God. Whether the pastor's there, whether your family is there. Paul said, I understand, I have heard, I have seen the witness of your testimony as a child of God. So that is their path and that is their diligent. So notice their persuasive deception, the path and the diligent. But watch verse number six and number three. Look at the past deliverance as the very first part. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. That simply means this. You're already delivered. You're already saved. You have already been washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I say it this way? We are not trying to obtain our salvation. But if you have been washed, and I'm not speaking of religion. I'm not speaking of, of being a part of the church. I'm referring to a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul said we already have that deliverance. We have already been promised a home in heaven So no matter what comes in our life, if we are saved, we're already delivered. No matter what takes place in our life, if we have been washed in the blood, we're already delivered. Whatever disease, whatever virus, whatever sickness, we have already... I'm trying to look at that screen because that's where everybody's looking. I was wondering what was on it. But anyhow, we have already been delivered by the Lord Jesus Christ. So notice this. That is the past deliverance. Now watch the last of verse number 6. Notice the potential. I'm interested in this. The potential direction. I wasn't going to say look at your Bible, but look at the screen. Praise. It don't matter. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. Here it is. So walk ye In him. You know what he just said? Because I am saved. I should walk over here, shouldn't I? Because I am washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I have been delivered from hell, sin, and the darkness of it. I should walk. Watch the words. I should walk in him. That simply means this, there should be a personal relationship with the child of God. There should be someone inside of me. It's more than religion. It's more than being a part of some church. It is a personal relationship because I have been delivered, because I am on my way to heaven. I have this personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's what the apostle Paul said to the congregation congregation to the children of God. If you have been saved, if you have been delivered, it's not just a matter of showing up on Sunday. It's not just a matter of doing a few things for God during the week. It is an everyday thing. Remember, he is emphasizing the preeminence of God in the life of the child of God. He should be in every part of your job. He should be in every part of your career. He should be in every part of your business. He should be in every part of of your family. He should be in every part of your marriage. Why? Because if I'm walking in the Lord Jesus Christ, it is a matter of the relationship of God in the life of the child of God. So here's the foundation. Here's what God, how he's speaking in this moment and in this hour. If I truly want revival, many Christians don't want revival. I believe I can honestly say this, at least in America, most Christians don't want revival they're satisfied with their life. They're satisfied with what they consider the blessings of God, which is really not the blessings of God. They're satisfied with what they have as an American Christian. But for those that want revival, for those that want the Spirit of God to move upon their life and to change their hearts and their souls, for those that truly want to be used of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not going to be done Halfway, It's not going to be done part way, but he must have the preeminence in the life of the child of God. How can I be any kind of husband? How can I be any kind of father? As a Christian, if God is not first and foremost, I must walk in the Lord Jesus Christ. So allow me to say it this way. If I am walking in Christ, watch verse number six. There's a submissive relationship. A submissive relationship. Watch the Bible. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk, ye it is, in him. That has everything to do with my willingness to submit to the authority of God. One writer put it this way. To submit is an action or a fact or accepting or yielding to a superior force and to, not my will, but to their will and to their authority. You know the Bible just said? If I'm walking in him, it's a matter of relationship. It is a matter of a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But I must submit myself to every aspect of God. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Whatever God God wants, that's what I want to do. Wherever God sends me, that's where I want to travel. It is a matter of saying, God, whenever, God, whoever, God, however, it is submitting to the authority of God. I know we're Americans. I know we have a rebellious spirit. I know we think we know better than everybody else, but I'm here to tell myself and I'm here to remind you, you don't know better than God. How can you be any kind of husband? without giving it all to Jesus how can you be any kind of wife without giving it all to Jesus how can you be any kind of mother or father without giving God complete control oh yes I have my opinions they mean nothing I have my ideas they mean nothing but there's a holy God in heaven that has given you your family he has given you this church he has given you whatever abilities you may have and there my be a time in my life if I want revival if I want the moving of God in my life if I want to see my children raised up for God if I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost of God then I fall upon my face and say God wherever you lead God whatever you want I wonder this morning I know you're saved I know you've been washed in the blood I know we're delivered but have you submitted to the authority of God is God preeminent in your life? Here's what he said. If I'm delivered, if I've been washed in the blood, there must be a time when I surrender all. And I say, God, whatever you want. God, wherever you lead. That's exactly what I will do. Number one, verse number six, there's a submissive relationship. But number two, there is a. if I have surrendered to God, if I'm walking in submission, if I have been delivered, number two, look at verse 7 in the exposition, there's a secure relationship. Watch the Bible. I'm rooted, that's an amazing word, and built up, here it is again, in him, established in the faith. That's our doctrine. As ye have been taught, abounding therein, with thanksgiving, It has everything to do with the secure relationship and the teachings of the Word of God. That's why we must be faithful. That's why we must be in the Sunday school hour. That's why we must come back on Wednesday evening. That's why we must do whatever it takes to be faithful because I need to be rooted and I need to be built up in the doctrines of the Lord Jesus Christ. I was in a meeting years ago and the pastor stood up and he said, we don't preach doctrine here. We don't teach doctrine. I'm thinking that you don't believe nothing because doctrine is what we believe. Doctrine is who we are. If you have been saved any length of time, you should be able to answer the questions of the Bible. You should be able to get up and stand for the Lord Jesus Christ in a biblical manner, and a biblical aspect. We should be secure in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I know the Muslims are wrong. You know how I know? I know what the Bible says. Says about Christianity. I know we ought not bow down to Buddha. You know how I know that? Because I know what the Bible says about idols. I know what Christianity says. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about the glory and the praise of the Lord Jesus Christ. We should be secure in our relationship with Him. Not only should we know what we believe, but we should be able to defend what we believe. We should be as the mighty oak tree that's standing on the mountain and the winds come and the thunder and the lightning may come and it begins to rock back and forth but that mighty oak tree has been growing. It has been rooted and the roots are deeper and deeper and deeper. That's what Christianity is. That's what doctrine is. Don't be a shallow believer. Don't be something that can be knocked over with every wind of doctrine. We should be built up in the law. Lord Jesus Christ, I wonder today, are you secure in your relationship with Jesus Christ? It is a submissive relationship. It is a secure relationship. But watch verse number eight. Notice the spoiled relationship. Watch what he said to the believer, to those that are rooted, to those that have grown in the doctrine. Beware. Beware. Watch the Bible let any man spoil you. That's an amazing old English word. It literally means plunder. One said it this way. It means take you captive. They will know exactly what to say. They will know exactly how to say it. How are they going to do it? Watch the Bible. Look at the word of God. After the tradition through philosophy and vain deceit. How? After the tradition of men. After the rudiments of the world. Literally, the basic principles of the world. Not after Christ. Not after what thus saith the Lord. (laughs) I was talking to a Christian this week it was an amazing thing I'm not saying they're lost I'm not saying they don't know God but I'm saying it was an amazing thing their philosophy what they believed about raising their family what they believed about the house of God what they said was right and what they said was proper and it was the exact opposite of what the Bible says about the family it was the exact opposite of what the Bible says about being faithful to the house of God you know what has happened they have been taken captive somebody has has drawn them in. Somebody that had the basic principles of this world. We understand this. We're just pilgrims passing through. This world is not my home. Oh, I've got a mansion, but it's in the sky. I'm going to walk on a street of gold, but never on this earth. I'm going to lean on walls of Jasper, but never in my town. But I'm headed to a better day. I'm headed to a better land. I'm heading to a better place. I'm here to tell you we don't belong to this world. We're not citizens of this world. So why are we listening to the world? Why are we behaving like the world? We ought to be so uncomfortable in this world. It ought to make us miserable to live down here. We're children of an almighty God. We belong to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why would we ever listen to this world? There's a spoiled relationship. You know what they want to do? Paul said they want to get you they want to bring you in with their books, their philosophy, their podcast. And they want to bring you in and take you captive. And you think you're doing right in the sight of God. But you have been led in by the rudiments of this world. But if I'm in Christ, it no not matter what they say. If I'm in everything I need for my family, it's found in the Bible. Everything I need to be a husband, it's found in the Bible. Everything I need to be a father, it's found in the Bible. Everything I need to be a Christian, it's found in the Bible. What I stand upon, what we hold upon, it's not in this world. It's not the world's teachings. We stand upon the word of God. There's a spoiled relationship. Watch verse number nine. There's a settled relationship. Here it is again. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. 4 verifies the assertion in verse number 8 that the philosophy of religion in accord with the tradition of men and not with Christ are in the line of Christian doctrine. This is done by standing and stating that the whole of the divine nature, all the fullness of the Godhead, it dwells in Jesus bodily. It refutes the heresy, denies the son's full deity. He possessed a body that could die and make atonement for sin. You know what he just said? Everything we need is found in the Lord Jesus Christ I need no other argument I need no other plea it is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me it doesn't matter what the world says it doesn't matter what religion says Jesus is more than enough he's more than enough for your family he's more than enough for this church he's all that you could ever need it's a saddled relationship can I say number five It's a satisfied relationship. Watch verse number 10. And Right now, right now. And ye are right now complete in him, which is the head of all principality. That's an amazing word. That means rulers and authority and power. You know what he said to be complete in this instance? It literally means to be filled up. (laughs) If I'm saved, if I'm a child of God, why would I try a bottle? Why would I keep taking a pill? Why would I try anything else to satisfy when everything I need, when everything I want, when everything I desire, I'm already filled up in the Lord Jesus Christ. If I try to fill that void with anything else, I'm going to have to scoot Jesus Christ over. I'm going to have to get Jesus out of the way. We are already complete in him. Some people will never be satisfied. They don't have enough money. They don't have enough house. They don't have enough land. And, uh, we was in San Diego the other day I, I, I'll be honest with you I, I began to look at that there was a yacht it was amazing I mean it was two times the size of this building and this is a beautiful big building it was an, and I began to look at that thing and I'm thinking I'll never have that I'll never be able to I mean I can't even start the thing up I'll never have anything like that then the good Holy Ghost of God said no but you've got the ocean that it floats in you got the earth that it's got to get here with I'm telling you we have more than enough we have Everything that we could ever dream. Complete. Filled up. You know why some Christians will never be happy? They're trying to substitute what's already been filled up. You know why? I've got a Honda 650 Nighthawk. First street bike I ever had. I still got it. I like it. And every now and then I'll get on it, I'll start it up. And it'll kind of buzz. Don't go very fast, not fast enough for me anyway. Somebody say amen right there. <laughs> I'll put it back in the garage. What are you saying? I'm not satisfied. And then I'll get on old Gideon and I'll crank that Harley up. And my wife will get mad because the kitchen floor begins to shake. And she's got to make sure the plates are not at the edge of the counter because they're going to fall down. I'll rev it up to make the rest of my neighbors mad. I'll burn out of that gravel driveway, slinging dust, kicking rocks. I'll go down that hill about as fast as I could go with those two turns I gotta get around. I'll get to the Sunoco station. I'll fill him up with gas. Everybody's looking, everybody's, I love it. I'll get on Route 19, the four lane. I mean, I'll open him wide open, uh, and a few minutes later when I finally get back to my house, I'm satisfied, I'm complete, I'm full. You know what we're trying to do? We're trying to take jobs, houses, lands, money, drugs, beer, everything else. We're trying to fill it with something that has already satisfied us. We don't need nothing else. We don't need nobody else. We're filled up with the Lord Jesus Christ. Satisfied with his relationship. Can I say number six and I'm done. When When I'm walking in him, it is a spiritual relationship. Watch verse 11. In whom? Here it is again. Also, right now already, you're circumcised. With what? The circumcision made without hands. It's spiritual. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. How? By the circumcision of Christ. One writer said circumcision denotes a cutting off or removal physically. We understand that. The circumcision in view here is not physical, but spiritual whereby the ruling power of the believer's flesh or sinful nature is broken, removed by the Lord Jesus Christ. All the desires that we still have, Christ can fulfill. Everything that tempts us in our daily life, Christ will fulfill. We're trying to do it by religion. We're trying to do it by action. If I knock on enough doors, if I fill up enough buses, if I wear enough suits and ties, no! That'll never satisfy you. That's your service, not your satisfaction. Christ has already done everything that needs to be done. I can't work to heaven. There's no way I can do good enough to get to heaven. As a matter of fact, my righteousness compared to God is filthy rags. Jesus has already paid the price. He has already done everything that needs to be done. So here it is. So walk ye in Him. Submit completely, totally to His authority. Here's the message. It's revival time. WHAT IS IT IN MY LIFE HAVE NOT SUBMITTED? <laughs> WE HAD AN AMAZING SUNDAY SCHOOL LESSON. I HOPE YOU WAS HERE. I LISTENED TO A WEDNESDAY NIGHT SERVICE TWO WEEKS AGO. YOUR, your PASTOR, ABSOLUTELY, IN THE FRUITS OF THE SPIRIT. IT WAS AN AMAZING LESSON. I, I KNOW SOME HAVE TO WORK, BUT IF YOU CAN GET HERE ON WEDNESDAYS AND DON'T MISS THE SUNDAY SCHOOL. ON THE SUNDAY SCHOOL HOUR, WE LEARNED WHAT THE PHARISEES WANTED TO DO. CAN I SAY, EVERYTHING THEY TRIED, IT WASN'T ENOUGH. Everything they did, everything they wanted to do, it wasn't enough. Why? Because Jesus already paid the price. Jesus paid it in full with his blood at Calvary. So how could we ever think or imagine that I could do anything to save my soul? So I wonder today, what is it in my life I haven't submitted I know people, they knock on doors every day of their life. They pass out gospel tracts. But on the inside, they're wicked. They're vile. They've never submitted. I know preachers. they got nicer suits like than I will ever have because I'm not wasting my money on clothes. Somebody say amen right there. <laughs> if I could afford a thousand dollar suit, it ain't in my life. <laughs> that's that's good. three boxes of bullets or one or two two by fours days I mean that's important men with very nice suits they got a beautiful Bible and they're wicked and ungodly they've never submitted to the authority of God in their life so before I get too critical before I begin to judge them I better search the back walls of my heart. I better allow the Holy Ghost of God to get in my mind and go to the deepest crevices and say, God, what is it in my life I've never given to you? What is it in my family I've never submitted to you? What is it in my marriage I've never submitted to you? Walk ye in him. Let's stand, if you would, every head bowed and every eye closed. Adley, if you'll help us this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around this morning. I I know it's Sunday morning, I understand this. IN SUNDAY SCHOOL, ONCE AGAIN, WE WERE TAUGHT ABOUT TRADITION AND NOT WRONG. SOMETIMES WE JUST DO THINGS BECAUSE OF TRADITION. AND I, I EVEN HESITATE TO DO THIS BECAUSE MANY TIMES THIS IS ALL THAT IT IS is—an INVITATION TIME. IT'S JUST TRADITION. I DON'T WANT THIS TO BE TRADITION. BUT I BELIEVE GOD IS LEADING IN THIS DIRECTION. BUT NO ONE LOOKING AROUND. How many can raise up their hand and say, Brother Dale, I'm saved. I've been redeemed. The price has been paid in my life. I understand. I'm on my way to heaven when I die. Just as a testimony, who can raise up their hand and say, Preacher, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I've been washed in the blood. Thank you so much. You may put them down. You know what you just testified to? You belong to God. You say, it's my life. No, it's not. It's my choice. No, it's not. You've been bought with a price. But I promise you one thing. God will make a whole lot better choice than I could ever make and you could ever make. God can do far more with my life than I could ever do with my life. God would be a whole lot better husband. God will be a whole lot better father than I could ever be to my family. So I wonder this morning, what is it in your life? What is it in my life? That I need to allow God to search. That I need to submit to the authority. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's on my family. Maybe I put my family before God. Maybe I put some choices before God. What is it in my life? I need to say, Lord, today I give that to you. I submit. Maybe it's thoughts. Maybe it's some pet sin. Lord, I submit. Just a moment, I'm going to pray and come into an altar. It's a place of submission. That's why many Christians will never come to a public altar. It's a place of humility. That's why many believers will never come to an altar. But I wonder after I pray who will come. People already here. Maybe you can't physically kneel down. You can sit on these pews or if you want to stand along the walls to get alone by yourself. But I wonder who will come. And say, Lord, as a father, search me. As a husband, search me. Here it is. As a Christian, a mother, a wife, as a part of Gateway Baptist Church, search me. What is it in my life that I've never submitted? Given God complete authority and control in my life. Father, we need you. God, I need you. God, we need revival. God, we have had many, many good meetings in this place. God, it's time for revival. So, Lord, help us to submit to your authority. Adley, you sing every child of God.